We can start smoking, by the way. Our guest today is Sam Tarasco, also Sam Lasco, Caveman Sam from uh, Trailer Park Boys. But he's also a live performer. He's had a whole secondary life. You were a teacher? I was a teacher, I was a truck driver, I was a consultant, I had my own security business, there's lots of shit I've done. Buddy, okay, see, that's something that nobody would know from your TV character. First time I ever met you, I knew you was caveman from fucking Trailer Park Boys. You're, you're kind of a rough character on the show, dude. And then in real life, you're like this really well-spoken, smart dude, and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, well, he I really is degrees. an actor. See, here's the thing, no. I like to say that I'm a care actor. That's funny. Because everyone says, oh, you're a great actor, unless I'm really a fucking caveman. And in some cases, I really am a caveman. Dude, how funny is that, man? Uh, and how, in which ways does the caveman or does the Sam leak into the caveman, dude? Well, the caveman is open to anything. <laughs> I mean, he's trisexual, as they say, because he'll try anything, right? He's not bisexual because I've never paid for it in my life. Dude. Right? That kind of thing. Uh, always been a pothead. Like in high school, I was smoking pot. I was a jock who hung around with the potheads. Put that in your pipe and smoke. I'm gonna tell you something, man. That's a that's a that's a, a very cool and normal combination. It's because jocks get the potheads and the potheads get the jocks. Sometimes uh, they share this. Uh, like potheads could be good athletes if we weren't high all the time. Like, were you what kind of, what kind of person were you in high school? Tell me a little bit about the real Sam, man. Not not the caveman Sam, but tell me about who you were, man, and how did you get to become a, an actor on the Trailer Park Boys? What was that like? Okay, well, who I was, I was always a class clown. I love being the center of attention, I'm not going to lie. That's why I think what led me to sports. Dude, nothing wrong with that. Right? So I like being the center of attention, I like making people laugh, and I like having fun. You're still a fun person. I try to be, even you at my age. Are. I hang around with young guys. What are you, you said you're 64? 63. 63? 63. You're pretty fun for 63, bro. Yeah, you meet 63-year-olds sometimes that are much old. They're old men already. They're just, they've given up, man. So 63, you're, you're having yeah. fun. Okay, all right. So I tried, I think I was a nice guy in high school, though there are people who say that I was a bully in high school, but then there's people that say, no, you're a really nice guy, a really sweet guy. So... I guess some people didn't like me. Did I bully people? Well, yeah. My sister I told you about, remember? She had a, like a burn scar on her face. Yeah. So anybody make fun of my sister, then they get to meet me. See, that's, the, that, that's not even bullying, man. Well, then that's, that's when I'm a bully yeah. because I teach them a lesson, right? And I had another brother. I had a brother one year younger than her and then another sister who came in two years later. See, you grew up in Toronto when people would fight. Fist fights were a thing when I was growing up, man. People fought each other all the time. And then you help them up after the fight. You don't kick them in the head. No, you don't, you don't need to end them. It's, it's not about ending them. It's about standing up for what you needed to in the moment, man. No, when it's over, you bend over, you put out an arm, they grab your hand, you... You stand up. You're not shaking hands necessarily, but it's not you know, about shaking it's hands. Over. Fight's over. It's over. It's over. You know, man. Okay, growing up, uh, <laughs> growing up in Toronto, that's cool. What's your first job? What the fuck's the first thing Sam ever does? First job I ever had? Yeah. I, uh, first full time or first job? First job. Give me your first, even if it's shit. No, it wasn't shit. It was actually. Uh, uh, a testament to my character. Let's put it <laughs> Wherever I am, whatever I do, I always try and be in charge. I can't help myself. So I got a job working at Woodbine Racetrack, which was a 15-minute walk from my house. Wow, crazy. And I was parking cars. Back then, we are making five fifteen an hour, and the job was you stand in the parking spot, the car backs up, and you go, come back, come back, come back, and when they reach the line, you stop, you go to your right, and you park the next car. That was our job. Classic job. Then, once the lot was full, you shut down the lot, and we patrol the lot, making sure nobody breaks in. So I did that for one or two years, 
eventually I moved up so that I was the guy who was actually hiring all the part-time guys. That's a pretty cool job. So I hired all my friends. Again, it was five fifteen an hour. That was fucking good money. That's good money. And man. the hours were Saturday and Sunday from uh, twelve o'clock to five o'clock. I want you to know, man. You made five fifteen in the seventies. The first job that I ever got paid me seven seventy five, and it was being a butcher's assistant. That's crazy. That must have been fucking loot. Okay. So eventually, my job was drive around the the uh, parking lots. Yeah. With a case of pop in the back cool and sell pop to my guys who are working in the lot come on man we used to make great money on days like queen's plate day because here's what we would do we would fill up the parking lot but then we would leave some open rows yeah you yeah. couldn't see from the road cool and people would come up trying to get there for queen's plate and they go oh can we get in oh it's all full i'll give you 20 bucks oh, yeah we got a spot for you we got a spot give me the 20 here uh, i'll bring it right up see so, but that kind of stuff still happens man you can still it, give a guy a 20 for a good parking spot. international day queen's plate day all the busy days we kept good what kind spots. of people show up to queen's plate is it any kind of person degenerate gamblers to rich folk Oh, and people go just for the pomp and circumstance. Sure, just to watch these rich... They, they wear their people. new hats. They wear their new hats. Oh, I'm going to just ignore this. Sorry. It's okay, man. This is hilarious. This is 2020. Here, I'll tell him. It's my partner. Hey, Demos, I'm doing a podcast right now. I'll talk to you later, bro, okay? Okay, <laughs> bye. Hey, okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> all right, Sam. Uh, so, yeah, so that was my first job. And then my first full-time job was uh, the summer... Uh, when I was in grade nine, I worked at um, Young and Eglinton. They were still building it. Wow! At that time, I was going to say that's a that's 2200, a huge uptown. Yeah, 1800 and twenty two hundred Young Street. My job was a janitor. I got a job as a janitor, a caretaker. Okay. Right. My dad got me the job through my uncle. Classic European thing. I cannot believe you just said that, man. First day on the job. How funny is First that? First day on the job. I'll never forget. So a guy named Lucky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I think he was. I think he might have been Portuguese, actually. He was my uh, um, mentor, let's yeah, say. Yeah, 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 of course. So we're putting shelving up. And you know those little V-shaped shelves with the little... Th- yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're trying to put the shelving in. And he's, and he's trying to put it in. And he's putting it in upside down. And I'm watching him. And I'm watching him. <laughs> and then I go, you know, you're doing it upside down. And he goes... Why didn't you fucking tell me? And I go, my dad told me never to uh, correct the boss. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, well, tell your dad he's a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, see, that kind of shit, do people even fucking experience things like that anymore, man? Do you know what I mean? I feel like the world is so fucking sterile and, uh, like, do people even swear on their first day of the jobs? Is there any kind of hardness? See, I love that kind of shit. How long were you a janitor for? Do you remember? <laughs> oh, just, it was a summer job. Just your summer job. Yeah, I was in grade nine. Now, here's the beauty of that. So I walk into this summer grade job. Grade nine. What a European fucking background. Boy. I walk into grade nine, into the summer job, five foot two. I have a, a growth spurt. I go from five two to five nine in the summer, and I gained like 35, 40 pounds. Man, imagine the end you're of working the, summer, the whole summer. By the end of the summer, my job was punching boilers. And I don't know if you know what what's that a means. Pu- what's punching boilers? So if you go down to the basement of any of these huge apartment buildings sure. or, or offices, you'll see a, a great big boiler. If you open up the face inside, you'll see a bunch of holes okay. that are about that big around yeah. and 24 feet long. Wow. In the summer, they're not using the boilers. Sure. So they put this contraption in. It looks like this. So when you put it in the hole, it okay, contracts yeah, 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 so yeah. that it gets the whole thing. And my job was doing this for eight hours a day. Come on. Eight hours a day. So I would do half an hour this way. Then I would do half an hour this Dude, way. Dude, your forearms. And it was like arm. Hercules... It's like Three Stooges meet Hercules. I don't know if you ever saw that movie. No, man. When 
Hercules is just this mild-mannered scientist, and he's on one side of the of the ship. He's so strong that he's doing one side. That's hilarious. And everyone else is on, on the, the other, other side. side. That's and that's how I felt. Because I grew, and I grew into a man. Of course, summer. man. That summer. Dude, every every person has that growth spurt, and it's always so life-changing. Because you can remember grade nine, summer, my first job. I went from a little kid to a man, and everybody at your job got to watch it. Yo, you guys see Sammy? Sammy's getting big over here. Fuck, Sammy's going to punch you out soon. Fuck. Okay. Okay, man. Okay. So now your parents are in Canada. They're living with you, known to everybody. What's that like? And did my you, did you have uncle a, live in upstairs. Of course. Of course. Because uh, they didn't have a house yet. We so were we, the upstairs family growing up, actually. We were the upstairs family when I lived on O'Hara. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, were the got... second floor family. There was a third floor family. Oh, my, my other cousin, the Rubinos, lived on the third floor. That's a beautiful thing that people don't experience. Those weekends in a house like that, where you know you would just have dinners, man. You'd have like twenty people dinners, no problem. Everybody brought a couple things down, little kids. Man, I remember that houses with three little kids, a five year old, a four year old, and a baby. You're like, what the fuck? Here's something that's sort of appropriate with everything that's going on in the fucking states right now, and oh, even man. here. So we moved to Rexdale in 1971. Rexdale I told you. is the at the time Rexdale is heavily populated with what? Italians. Uh, Irish. It's mostly white. It's mostly I, white. When I went to grade nine, yeah, there were like five, six black guys in my school. That that's wow, that's crazy. <laughs> and if you go there now, it's like eighteen percent white. That's what I was gonna say. <coughs> it's all switched. It's 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 a much more ethnic. But again, it, it was that was never an issue at my school. You know, uh, uh, we never had racial riots. No in my man, school. Toronto's and, going through a boom at the time yeah. ethnically, so everybody's kind of learning how yeah. to live with each other at the time. Yeah. And over the years, it became more and more diverse. It's, it's funny because I always thought it was diverse because we had Italians and we had Portuguese and we had all these other of course, nationalities. Of course. But because we all look alike, I guess it wasn't really diverse. I know, but it feels that way. But it feels that way. You're like, man, we're talking about we got Portuguese people, we got Italian people, we got Greek people, we got Persians who kind of look like us too. Dude, that is so funny. The Italians look like the Persians for sure. I know. How funny is that? That shit always crisscrossed. You're like, wait, wait. When you look back at the genetics and where everybody's coming from, it all makes sense because we're all kind of coming from the same places. But the idea that that's not ethnic and you're like, what are you talking about? We got 30 different backgrounds, 30 different cultures. You're right, man. I had, I had no Greek kids, but we had a couple black kids. And a whole stack of Italian Portuguese kids and a couple. The white kids were the minority in my elementary school. Uh, pretty much when I went to Davenport, I'd say it was getting close. Do you know what I mean by that? Like full blood Canadian kids, not the uh, immigrant kids. Immigrant kids were always uh, the number one in my school. But I always grew up in the West End of Toronto, so that was kind of fucked up. When you were growing up in Rexdale, how lo okay, wh how old are you when you're in Rexdale? Uh, I guess we moved there when I was. 13, 14. Oh, fucking crazy. Great That's age. when we moved to Rexdale from Pelham Park because there were fights every weekend in Pelham Park Gardens, right? There, there still is. That's actually still a uh, still a pretty rough neighborhood, man. Not well, as bad as it used to be, but... See, I did fine because I knew how to fight. Everyone knew me and I knew I wasn't on any side, so they left me alone for the most part. My mother didn't appreciate it because he, she'd hear all the police sirens coming at night and she said, we got to get the fuck out of this neighborhood. He's See, when we moved in there, it wasn't Pelham Park Gardens. It was oh, United Steel. What the it was fuck a, is that? It was a big plant. It was a steel plant was there. Wow. Then they shut that down and they built these townhouses. When you were growing up, was American Standard on Lansdowne already? The, the big toilet place? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do you remember what I'm talking absolutely. about? Big yeah, yeah, yeah. factory? Hell, uh, the Lancia plant was yeah. on Symington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I used to go when... 
in the old days, you know how you get stuff in your cereal? Yeah. They used to put stuff in the pasta box. That's uh, fucking hilarious, And man. they did a thing with um, little astronauts. What? Different uh, miniatures of astronauts, plastic. Just, Pretty great. So what I used to do is I used to go, whenever they had a new batch, I would go and uh, break into the garbage. Go look. And go through all the bad bags and just pull Dude, them out. So I got the whole collection in yeah, one day. No kidding. The whole collection in one day. Man, those all the time people don't give a fuck. That's for the kids. Oh, my God, man. We used to collect copper. Man, I'm going to tell you something. I tried to get copper one time, and we got in trouble for that. We went to an old abandoned building that, uh, man, is pretty much across the street from Buddy's studio that we used to record at. That's gentrified now, but that used to be a, an abandoned area. We went to an old fucking... It smelled like shit. There was pigeon shit everywhere. And we found old... Uh, what do you call that? Spools? Those big things. Of sp- yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, I had wire. We don't even know what the wire was. I assume it was copper. It could have just been whatever the fuck. And we tried to take it in the police roadside and they asked us a bunch of questions. They made us put everything back. Growing up and shit, like, what did you ever, like, what's one of the craziest memories from your childhood? Because you grew up in Toronto at a great time, man. Did you ever see a great fight? Somebody die, car accident, some crazy shit like that? Well, here's here's a, a death that I avoided. How's that? That's a good one, man. My, uh, I was about, 10 years old, living on Pelham. We used to go to the, uh, to the pits, you know, the, the granite mines, just up on Old Western Road. I never even got to see that. Okay, so just past Canada Packers, if you keep going yeah. up Old Western Road and you go to the left, they have granite pits where they used to dig up. What's uh, there now? Sandpost. I have no idea. Uh, uh, it's all uh, townhouses now, I'm wow. pretty sure. Wow. So anyway, I was supposed to go there with my, with my buddy and his cousin who was in town for the weekend. My mother wouldn't let me go for whatever fucking reason. The two of them went there. They wound up on top of a big sand pile. Yeah. And the lever collapsed, and the two of them got sucked down and suffocated. They found the two guys hugging uh, under all the gravel. And I was supposed to go. So there's my first near death that I didn't fucking die. Man, shit like that Ten will change. That kind of stuff will change you forever, though. You'll never forget that. You're like, I could have been there. That could have been me. Sammy. Sammy T. What well, was your nickname growing up? You had a good nickname, Sammy T? Uh... Sammy, you got I'm, a good one. You're born with the name Sam. Well, what's your what's your Italian name, Samuel? No, I can't tell you my real name because then people will be able to find me, find out shit about oh, me. Oh yeah, of course. Nobody knows my real name. I know you gotta have. Well, like, some people know my real name, but those are really my friends. I'll tell you after, but not on camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't. I always forget, forget that. My name that. is very Italian. It's gotta be it's very definitely, Italian. But my mother called me Sammy. My mother called me Sammy from since I was six years old. Your mom called you Sammy. A Sammy. No, well, see, uh, Sam so Portuguese. Here, that's the difference. That was more of a Portuguese that sent me. Uh, here's here's all. Here's another Portuguese Italian thing. Okay, so my father's brother and all my father's sisters all have someone with the exact same name as me. If they're Tarascos, so there was a Sam Tarasco before me, Big Sammy. So we call him Big Sammy, even though Big Sammy is only you this knew tall. Him? I do know him. He's my cousin. He's a, a computer whiz. No, yeah. Computer whiz. Here, listen to this one. Quit school in grade nine. Quit school in grade nine, right? He was a hard ass. He was a, he was a good, tough guy, but, yeah. but not a troublemaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Winds up working. I think he went to work for someone like you're talking about Wire, uh, Canadian Wire, or one, like one of those companies. Falls in love with computing when he's in grade 10, or would have gone to grade 10. Falls in love with it. Now he does security for banks and shit. That's so cool, huh? He's got, as they say, he got his 40,000 hours in. So you know what? Education. Yo, man, okay, wait. You want to learn something? I have two degrees, it means fuck all. 
What do you, what do you have degrees in? I have a Bachelor of Arts and a Bachelor of Education. My BA is in Geography and Phys Holy Ed. Holy shit. And my you were uh, a teacher? BA, yeah, I taught. I taught till the kids, till we weren't allowed to fail the kids anymore. We weren't allowed to yell at them anymore. And I said, I'm not going to be able to get through to this kid because if I say something to him, he just tells me to fuck off. And I'm not the kind of guy to take fuck off. Who are you telling the fuck off, kid? No, you can't do that. But I'll tell you, when I was supply teaching at my old high school, it was awesome. The reason is, I would go in, <laughs> I'd go in there because I was helping coach the wrestling and football teams. That's amazing. So, so they would call me every time a teacher would call in sick. They would call me into the high school to supply teach. So I'd be doing guidance. I'd be doing. It didn't matter what the subject was. They go, oh, let's call Sam in because he's going to be here at three thirty anyway. But choose a weed quick. I'm going to roll one. Okay, this one. Okay. <laughs> anyway. So they used to call me in to supply teach all the time. So all the football players wanted to be nice to Coach T, right? So if a student ever got out of line in my classroom, I would just leave the classroom. One of my football players would usually take care of him, and then I would come back five minutes later. I would just take a bathroom break. So if anyone was disrespectful, they would just take care of business for me. Yeah, how fun is that? Lots of fun. <laughs> well, I wasn't, a, I wasn't an asshole teacher. I, was, I like to think I was a cool teacher. We would be given assignments, and I'd say, here's your assignment. You have a choice. You can do it now and sit quietly, or we can shoot the shit for the next 45 minutes, and you can do it as homework. Your choice. Yeah, well, kids are going to... Some of them, they go, well, I want to do the work. I go, okay, go to the back of the room and do the work. The rest would just want to chill for 45 minutes, come up to the front, and we would talk. Kids love that. Right? But the ones at the back would start complaining. Again, Have you ever met one of your students after your acting career? No, because I didn't teach long enough. I taught, okay, my first year of teaching full-time was on an Indian reserve in uh, northern Ontario, a fly-in reserve. You can't even drive there. It's called Sandy Lake, Ontario. You can look it up. You taught... On a native reserve. So before I did that, I went out and I got my FAC and I picked up a hunting rifle so I could do something on the weekends. And I would go fishing during lunch hour because we were right on the the Severn River. We used to come down. So at lunch hour, I would go down because it was an hour lunch. It was 100 yards to to fish. I caught me a pike like this big at lunchtime one day. Pulled me into the water. Uh, You've seen it on my Facebook. Me in the bathrobe, that pike pulled me into the water. Okay, wait, man. (laughs) What kind of life have you lived, man? Jesus said. Here's my advice to all you young kids. And I didn't even learn this really uh, until I was, uh, I'd have to say 44 is when I learned it. What? And that's, we're all going to die, man. Fucking enjoy today. <laughs> I See, seriously. How do you pass you have that to. message on to some? People are so stiff, bro. You have to. I'll give you an example. People are stiff, man. I'm not well off by any means. I'm okay. Sure. I, I could retire today and I, and I wouldn't have to work, but that's not me. So I wouldn't do that. Mind you, if I retired, I would either su- supply teach and do my shows on weekends and, and drive around to do man. my show. That's what I, that, my you retirement like, job. Yeah, yeah, you like to supply teach, just chill out, talk to the kids. Talk to the kids, be real, give them life advice, give them sandisms, love that man. Of, what, man, 99% of the supply teachers I got were stiff, wannabe teachers who just couldn't do it. But once in a while you'd get, you'd get the guy who'd come in and be like, what are you kids doing? What are you guys saying? You guys want to watch a movie? You guys want to chill out? And that guy stuck in your memory. I gave him the option, that's all. And that's the way I taught too. See, when I went up north, I taught art, history, and phys ed. Those, oh my God. those are the three subjects I had. That's great, man. You know, and yeah. I loved it. Of I loved it because I ran the gym. So I set up a volleyball league. I set up a basketball league. I set up a floor hockey league. It was a dream come true. And the students were amazing. They were so receptive. What was the equipment like? Did those kids have anything? 
Yeah, Department of Indian and Northern Affairs gives them, our budget was good. Yeah, they, they I went. made more money than if I would have come to work for the Etobicoke Department. No. Oh, yeah, absolutely. When I went up there, because I got uh, vacation pay. Yeah. Or, sorry, isolation pay. Cool, So you because you're in the middle of nowhere. And my housing, I lived in a, a two-bedroom trailer. Haha. <laughs> cool. Me and my wife. I got married before I went up there because she didn't want to go up there unless we were married and lived together, which is fine. So we got married. That's my ex-wife. That's my ex-wife. Anyway, uh, so we lived in a two-bedroom trailer, hard-to-the-ground trailer, and it cost us $148 a month. Wow. That was our rent. So we banked. We were making, again, we're talking... 1981, and we banked her whole salary and lived on mine for a year. That's the best. So we banked 35 grand in one year. That's the best. Because I think that's what we were making. And they gave us like 4,800 for isolation. Cool. Right? That's good money by now. That's pretty good money by today's standards. Fuck, yeah. bro. But again, the point I was leading to was as soon as I, we didn't like it up there necessarily. It was so political that it just wasn't cool. Explain anymore. to me what you're talking about. Uh, okay, here, here's some of the stuff was kind of silly, and, of course. and we had to sign waivers to say you wouldn't talk about it. Sure, but that was 40 years ago, so I can talk about it all I want now. Here's an example so we go up there, there's no roads in this place, clearly, there's boardwalks everywhere, no sidewalks, but boardwalks, just like just pieces done. of wood, pieces of wood, but I mean, formed pieces of wood built into the ground, yeah, sometimes yeah. across bridges, right? Yeah, man. So so we're at the, the band council meeting when we get their first week of, of, of uh, the, the teacher's thing. And one teacher has been there for 10 years, this girl, this woman, Janet. She's, She's been, been living in the isolation of this forest community for 10 years? Well, she might have gone away for the summers, right? But she but came, then back, came back. Okay, okay, okay. But she's yeah, taught there for correct. 10 years. That makes sense. So she says, well, we should fix the boardwalk because in the winter when there's snow on the, on the boardwalk, the kids can't see the holes. And they could fall through the holes and hurt themselves. Yeah. And the response from the band council was, well, we don't have any wood. Now, you have to understand, we're living in a fucking isolated forest, <laughs> forest with a sawmill up on the hill <laughs> that hadn't been operating in four years because no one wanted to operate it. The government was overindulging them. And I'm glad to say that over the course of the time from then to now, they become self-sufficient. The sawmills are working. They're opening up their own businesses. It's finally, the government wasn't doing enough to help them teach a man to fish. Man, just give them a couple of uh, pushes in the right direction. Exactly. Teach a man to fish. And he, and go he, up. Here's, here's what you do. Yeah. You want to open a restaurant in a reserve where there's no restaurant. You go up there. The government goes up, use their funds, yeah. go up, set up the restaurant, staff it with people within the community, and then let those people take over after a year or so once they've established and, and they'll how, to, know how. how to do the ordering. How of to course. Do, and now it's their own restaurant, and now they have their own business, and now there's a greater sense of worth besides just taking handouts all the time. Of course. That's not hard. That's how money should be spent, not just give them the money. They, have a, they had a policy back then. I don't know if they do anymore. Every three years, they get a new prefab home. Automatic. They, get a new, they can apply for a new home. Yeah. And they bring them up. They're prefabs. They just put them together in, in fucking two days, three days. Right? They're all on top because the, uh, the thermofrost is too hard to go. Uh, there's no basements. So everything's built on top of the ground. That shit's frozen like that? Yeah, yeah. It's far enough north. Man, I went there... Uh, the, the snow was four feet deep. We were walking on snow four feet deep on the snowshoes to man. get to the school. When you walk on snowshoes, how how much how far down do you go? 
like a half not at inch. All. No. You don't go yeah, nothing. Just barely. Yeah. Just you're right on top. If, Even if, if it's fresh snow. If, if the shoes fit. Yeah. And you're walking like you're supposed to walk, which is just just steps, flat yeah. steps. Then you can walk on snow that's three feet deep and maybe go down four, maybe four inches at the moment. No, nice that's and new. fresh. That's new. That's like powder. Powder. Yeah, that's barely, barely unbelievable technology. You hey, barely go down, dude. Down. That's ancient. Those people have been uh, created those shoes. God knows how long yeah. ago. And a lot of the the, the craft, like um, native art, we wow. bought a lot of native art when we were up there. Man, that's like that's that's actually native art though. Those dudes are for real making yes, it. Yes. Man, uh, it's kind of cool because certain um, reservations—I don't want to call them reservations—certain communities have only a limited number of last names. It's really I fucking hate cool. that name they're too. All reservations. Related. That sounds awful, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, they're all related. Like uh, up there, there were uh, Kakagamics, yeah, uh, Kakamisums, yeah, Rays, and Fiddlers, and that would uh, there was a the population was around four hundred. Uh, we had four hundred students, maybe about two thousand people, and those four names would have encompassed eighty percent of all the last names Come of the on. people there. Yeah. No, and I'm not saying any incest shit. I'm not it's talking about It's just long that. family lines. Long like family that. lines, and uh, and the way uh, the, the nomads, the way they would travel, they all traveled together. That's unbelievable. That's right? so sick. You don't even think about stuff like that. Ancient communities that have just been living amongst each other for like hundreds they of years. Such a proud history, man. Of course, such man. Of history. course. Cool, man. Humans are fucking trippy, Sam. That's cool that you. So I did that for a year, and then we thought about it and said, "Now nah, we don't." Want, she didn't want to live up there. So then we moved uh, to Toronto, and I supply taught for about a year. And I said, "This is not going to make us enough money." So I went to work as um, <laughs> a bread truck delivery driver. Classic job, bro. And what, I had already what, done what, that. What bread company? Uh, well, I, all of them. It started with Christie's Home Pride. Uh, then they got bought out by General Bakeries. Then they wow. got bought out by Westons. And then I also went to work at Dempster's. I did that for a while, where I was a uh, a sales rep, uh, area sales manager. Uh, not, I never made it to area sales manager. District sales manager is as far as I got there. But again, I did it in a few years. Dude, that's the, so funny, man. The summer job was delivering bread. I took a year off university because my dad lost his job. So uh, I was paying, helping pay the mortgage at the time. Right? And then I went back to school. The year I bought myself a car. I bought myself a Lada back in 79 when they were brand new and cost $3,000. That's crazy, Because one of the guys on my football team's father owned the dealerships. So you just went in and you're like, hey, let's go. Okay. No, no I, had, I had to take a year off school. I got to ask you something, man. Did you ever even during all this time ever think that you were going to become an actor someday? Oh, 100%. I'll tell you. I told what? my I told my cousin. <laughs> what are you I only told one person. I told one person. You're fucked. I told one person. And that was my cousin Ralph Rubino. No way. I said, "You know what, Ralph? What a name." You know when we're sitting around and we're saying, "What do you want to be? What do you really want to be?" He wanted to be a scientist. He wanted to work for uh, the in the, he wound up working in the warehouse of a that shoe. That was his answer? Of a safety shoe company. That's what he wanted to be. No, he was into he was totally into bugs and reading science books. He was one of those dudes. Shit. But he never Ended went up on there. to university. He wound up getting a job. And I said to him, honestly, if I could be anything, I'd like to be an actor. No, that's you what didn't. I only one person I told. And then I did the, the whole like the character. I did theater arts in high school. I was a jock doing theater arts. That was unheard of too. But that kind of stuff is needed. Somebody needs to be the jock actor. There needs to be somebody who's an actor who's a jock, bro. 
Oh my God, man. Sam, that's so funny, bro. What a, as you're telling these stories, I can only think about how boring my life actually was. Because I never had crazy fun jobs, man. I never had little travel stories. I never lived in isolation as a teacher. So these kind of things make you as a person. All this happens. You live a... Fu- this is only, what, your 20s and 30s? This is what... How old are you in during this story? Uh, when I went to teacher's college... I was, or when I started teaching, I was 25. That's crazy. That's when I got married. Okay, man. And what age do you become an actor? 44. That's crazy, <laughs> dude. 44. And what's your break? It wasn't straight into Trailer Park Boys. You did some other stuff, I'm sure, on the way up. Well, do you remember the clogs? There's two pieces to this story. Give it to me. Clogs? You know, like clogs. The shoes? Clogs, the shoes. <laughs> yeah. In, back in the 70s, the clogs were the thing. No, for real? That's fucking Oh, no, hilarious. for sure. Oh, you wore nice. clogs with no socks and bell-bottom jeans, like wide, <laughs> wide bell jeans, right? Oh, fuck. And the clogs, whether you know it or not, were a weapon that you could use in a fight. Because you're just fucking heavy-duty, man. I mean, I can tell you some stories where I've used them, and trust me, from 12 feet, I can put it right between your eyes. That, I, that's how they carry. Car. I know. I can imagine the weight on a fucking right. And oh yeah, because they got a beautiful weight because they're made of wood, <laughs> and they, all they have is one leather strap across the top. So, Ricky, Rob Wells, and I okay. are working at Sparkling Spring Water together. No way. Wait. This is Rob Wells. Rob Wells, Trailer Park Boys. Ricky, you're working with him where? I guess I I got to get back to the beginning of that. My wife always wanted to move to Nova Scotia. She finally, I moved her to Nova Scotia. I stayed in Ontario. I looked for a job. Sure. I found one online and I flew down for an interview. Wow. The job was um, uh, distribution manager for the facility in Halifax, Nova Scotia for, uh, back then it was called Sparkling Spring Water. Sparkling Spring Water. I was interviewed for this job by uh, a woman named Darlene and a fellow named Pat Roach. Okay. Do you know who Pat Roach is? No. That's Randy, bro. Is it? Yeah. Pat Roach is Randy? Randy was the sales manager. No and way. And he was, he was going to be my direct boss. Fuck so, off, dude. What a fuck. Long story short, after two meetings, oh I flew God. down. I paid my own way to fly down for this meeting because I knew if I got an interview, I would get the job. They flew me, I flew myself down. I got the interview. I flew back to... Um, Toronto, they said, we'd like you to come for a second interview. I said, cool, pay for my flight, and I'm, I'm there. So yeah. they paid for my flight. Went for a second interview. They offered me the job, and I moved to Who are, is, is Is Randy in that second interview, too? Yeah, he was my boss. He was my direct report. Bro, was, that's he, so funny, because, yeah, he, he plays like a pretty like semi-professional dude in the show, right? And, and that's funny. So he was like that in real life already. Yeah, he was a salesman. He's well-educated. Dude, he was that's a so funny. I can't, man. I'm fucking dying, yeah, he, man. Uh, he's a graduate of St. Mary's <laughs> Economics, I believe. No, he's not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway. What? So, okay. So go, go. So we're expanding our operation, and we need someone to drive the straight truck which is a 30-footer, okay. not uh, just the two axles, right? or the, you know what I mean? When I, I know say what you're saying. A straight truck, right? So he says, hey, hire my friend Rob. And I go, sure. So I hire Rob Man. to be the driver to deliver to the food cities and the cases of water. You're talking Rob, you're talking Ricky. Ricky. Wow, man. So uh, Sparkling Springs used to do a lot of promotions, and we did a concert on the hill. Cool. And we're at this concert on the hill, and uh, we're all in a room partying, smoking joints, having fun. And I, it's, I tell my fight story where I took on two guys. 
because I used my clogs and hit, <coughs> hit one in the face, went after the other guy, then went back to the first guy. With your wooden And shoes he goes, and... I don't fucking believe you. And <laughs> I said, okay. And we're in a motel room. And I go, I grab my running shoe and I push down on the heel so that it's like a clog. Yeah. And I go like this. I go, you see that thermostat over there? No. He goes, yeah. And I go, <laughs> smash. And he goes, fuck off. And I go, I wouldn't lie to you, buddy. <laughs> Fast forward six months. Rob and I are in a bar shooting pool. Just playing. Got off work early, playing. T uh, loser pays. It's a buck to play. Another guy comes to the uh, table. Great big guy. And I mean fucking big. And he goes, hey, you want to play challenge? Sure. Loser sits. Uh, challenger pays. Winner stays. Sure. Buck a game. We're playing. It's all good. Good times. Another guy shows up. Fucking loudmouth. You can tell right away he's a loudmouth. Hey, you want to play for, uh, let's, let's, let's play for a beer. And I go, no, I don't want to play for a beer. Oh, you chicken? Yeah. I go, bro, I don't drink. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. play in the pool league. You want to play for money? We'll play five bucks a game. Yeah, yeah, beer yeah. was 250 Sure, no problem. Let's do it. Okay. We're playing. We win the first game. Amazing. You owe us five bucks each. Double or nothing. Sure, no problem. We play. We win again. And Ricky's your partner? Ricky's my partner. They owe, <laughs> us, they owe us 10 bucks each. Okay. Double or nothing. And I go, no, no. Listen, pal. We ain't doing that. What? I said, you call me a fucking chicken. And really, you're just a fucking dick. Let me tell you what's going to happen here. We're not playing 71 out of 72 till you win a fucking game. You're going to pay your money, and we'll continue to play five bucks a game. If I decided at some point to make it 10 or 20, yeah. we can do that too. But right now, it's five bucks a game. Put your fucking money on the table. And I walked away, and Ricky walked away, and we sat down. And we sat for like a minute, minute and a half. And I go, you know what? I go, fuck this. I'll take the big guy. And I stand up. And he goes, I'll take the big guy? <laughs> And he goes, no, I'll take the big guy. And we start pushing each other over who's going to take the big guy. Come on, man. Dude. They think we're both nuts. <laughs> throw 20 on the table and run out. No, I'm kidding. And no, he no, looks no. at me and he goes, I'll take the big guy. I go, he was fucking huge, wasn't he? Yeah. See, he goes, what were you going to do? Bro, I was going to kick him in the nuts and run. I don't know about you. You got no other move and in he, those kind of situations. Because he was huge. <laughs> what are you, gonna, you never punched the and big guy. And he started guy. laughing. And he goes, man, he goes, you ever done any acting? And I go, well, you think I like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he starts laughing. And I go, man, I was a teacher. And those 45 kids every day thought I gave a shit whether or not they learned anything. Man, that's right? nuts. And I was a salesman. And every customer thought they were my favorite. You know, I mean, acting is just being nice to people. That's all fucking acting is. Man, I cannot acting is believe. Pretending. That that's how you got your fucking, your that's how you met him through a fucking buzzing little, what, 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 a little sparkling. What was it? Sparkling water. Sparkling spring water. It's now Canadian Springs. You've seen the Canadian trucks. Springs. I yeah. drink Canadian Springs all the time. I was the. Uh, the no, I don't. They don't sponsor our show. I don't drink Canadian Springs. No. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, that's so, so funny. That's when. So I was working this job at Canadian Springs or Sparkling Springs, and I was working fucking seventy hours a week. First thing in the morning, like 5 o'clock in the morning, making sure that all the trucks had their water. And I'm working my bag off. Yeah, yeah. But I'm newly single. So you got a lot of... Uh, and getting older. And so this is newly single after a divorce. After Well, I wasn't divorced at this point. Yeah, but, yeah. But I've been single for, at this point, two years. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like to have fun. Mm. So uh, essentially, when I was in the office, because I stay up all night trying to do what I can do and... Doing, doing what I was thing. doing. Yeah, of course. Uh, I guess I was kind of cranky and I was kind of an asshole and, yeah, and really yeah, yeah. mean-spirited to the staff, right? Naturally. No, you gotta, this is hilarious. So he comes in, he goes, listen, uh, I, <coughs> nobody wants to work with you anymore. I, I, <coughs> you, know, you, you can't do this anymore. And I go, hey, I understand. You know, business is business. That's the way it goes, I guess. 
And he goes, well, you're taking it well. And I go, well, fuck, I'm not happy. I mean, you need two people to do what I do. Of course. And, and all you do is give me grief. So really, don't worry about it. I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? What's, my, what's my package? Yeah, no kidding. What's what are you guys going to give me on the way right? out? And then I went to became a bar manager, but I'll, I'll get to it. That's another story. So anyway, because uh, I was already bouncing in the bar, which is what I was doing on the weekends, which is why he was getting pissed off. That's hilarious. But I was still working 70 right, hours a week. working. I know. Jeez, I was going to say I'm nice. Italian. That's what we do. I know. You're like, <laughs> if I'm going to have a job, I'm going to have three jobs. Okay, wait. So you have so all anyway, these jobs, man. You this be, is, no, no, you got to let me finish this. Is, this is what changed my life. This is when, my, when I changed me. Yeah, as a person. The, as, as a person, 100%. Um, we had just started doing Trailer Park Boys at the time, too. What year is this? Uh, mm, 99, maybe 2000, 2000? 99, 2000, 2001, right wow. in that area, right? Right in that time. Just when we were starting to do Trailer Park Boys and nobody really knew what the fuck it was, but they had me in the show too, right? And uh, so he says, but before you leave, before he fires me, would I mind training my replacement wow, for my job for two weeks? Sure. And I go, is that going to be on top of the severance? Yeah. <laughs> he goes, yeah. And I said, okay, but I'm only working eight hours a day. That's a pretty quick, yeah, quick little shift. No I go, need. sure, no problem. No, yeah. I, I just cut my hours in half and yeah, I was still yeah. making the same money. As and I already knew that I could get a job as one of the assistant managers at the bar that I bounced in because they great. needed a man. So I had a job waiting for me now. That's all right, man. Easy so, to let go. So all of a sudden, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. So they're saying, oh, Mrs. Johnson needs water. Okay, well... Um, can, Fred, can you take the water? No, I'm not going to take it. Okay. Um, you call Mrs. Johnson back and tell her she can't have her water. Yeah. In the old days, it was, Fred, get off your fucking ass, put the bottle in your truck, and take it to Mrs. Johnson. Of course, but you don't Because I was trying anymore. to get business done, get shit done, keep the company good. Keep the company, and I was very hard on my employees, and I was a dick, and I was an asshole. So I didn't have to care whether or not everything ran smoothly anymore. Man, how wild. So I became very nice to everybody. Cool, that's pretty good. Top that off with, here I am working security at concerts. Sure. And people are recognizing me from the show. No way. And so I got complete strangers coming up and putting their arms around me and shit. And, and I don't like, like dude, that. Are you? I'm trying to work. I'm trying to watch the crowd. And the guy goes, hey man, are you Sam? You know what I mean? That kind of shit. So I had to be learn to be nicer and nicer. And it... You made actually, my life way when better. You, when you, yeah, when you, when you get fans, you have to be nice to your fans because they're just so happy to meet you. You have to be nice to everybody. You have to understand, you may not think you're a big thing because I don't think I'm a big thing. Of course, Sam. When I first met you, do you remember that? I met you at Vape on the Lake and I was like, dude, Sam. Oh, man. What, and you were so like, ah, bro, sit down. Let's get high, dude. Yeah. Fuck. But no, I'm not that when guy. When people meet you, they don't see you as Sammy. Sammy, I, 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 the kid who grew up in Toronto, they see you as this actor. They only picture you as an actor as something that they wish they could be that's why they're so happy to meet you isn't that great come on man Did I, any... I try not to disrespect yeah absolutely yeah um again i was a bouncer so i know how to slip and slide away of from course, somebody man. Okay, without hurting right their there. feelings yeah, of course uh still keeping a distance i know how to keep them beside me and not on top of me so if they're drunk and doing that there's, there's a way to handle it I go, hey, bro, you grab them by the arm and you, you bring them in close. They, they can't do anything. Yeah, of course, they can just <laughs> then, talk to you quickly. And right? And, and then you, you can okay, separate wait, them. wait, man. Right? So it's... You're, you're in your 40s when you get your comedy, not your comedy, but your acting break. 
Mm-hmm. Who asks you to be on the show? Ricky, right then and there. He said, "Do you ever done any acting?" And that's oh when I gave God. him those lines. But then, in actual fact, I did. Uh, I was um, in the play in high school in grade thirteen. I so did, you had done acting in high school. You lived a normal life, and it's something that you were always passionate about internally. And then you get a break from one of your friends in the fucking sparkling water business. Mm. You know what kind of dream situation that is. Right place, right time. And that's why karma is a thing, man. And you know what? And it started happening right then and there when I started being nice to people. So then I I go out of my way to be nicer to people now. Okay, man, wait. And try really not to be a dick. Who, what were some of your favorite moments in the first, when you, when you, when you, okay, the first couple of years, nobody knows what Trailer Park Boys are, it doesn't really take off, and then it's like season two, season three, boom, blows it up. It starts to get really cool because I'd be getting phone calls at like eight o'clock in the morning. No. Say, no, and it was guys from grade school, guys from grade six. Come on. Going, are you the Sam Tarasco that went to Davenport Public School? And I go, yeah. Holy shit. Do you remember me? My name's Louie. I'm watching Trailer Park Boys and I seen that you're on the show. Yeah, and I'm getting phone calls from people I hadn't talked to in 30 years. Man. So that was funny. Dude, you, okay. You get to play a character character. Okay, you don't get to play like uh there's like some people who like okay, you are one of their side characters. How, what was that like? Because you're not you don't have to deal with like the publicity of being a, a Ricky or a Bubbles or anything like that. You get to be a celebrity without having to do all the the extra weird shit. Was that fun? The peak years, those peak years, man. The early two thousands, the like two thousand and five. Shit's crazy in those years, man. You can answer that question yourself. No kidding. How often do you not want to be on stage, Mike? Oh, man. Uh, I so, can't. So I can't even imagine. Every time they call me... You're excited to I go. I get excited as hell. You're like, yo, they're I bringing me back. I don't care what they want me to do. And they'd write you in for some I'm random shit, of course. I'm prepared to do it. I love those guys. Uh, they don't write me in. I don't say anything. I mean... Who cares? I'm, I'm already, a, it breaks my heart a little. But other than that, I don't say anything. How could it not break your heart? I don't complain. It's such a fun little well, fucking it, thing. How can I complain? And then guys go, oh, you must be rich off that show. I go, bro, I work one day a year. Who's rich? Who's rich? <laughs> Sometimes it's two hours. You get to reinvest some of your uh, I do it time. because I love to do it. Guys, seriously, if you just like pay my flights, we can fucking work out whatever you want. Just get me on set. Let just me don't, get me in character. Just don't let it cost me anything. People That's, don't know I how much do fun it. it is to be on set. To be on set and watch the cameras roll and have a director go, all right, everybody, quiet on set, let's go, and then everything gets nah. serious, you know, and all that kind of shit. Yeah, but being on stage, I like being on stage just as much, man. Oh, but you've been blessed with the live shows. You've got you. So I'm lucky. Okay. I have an in. Tell people listening right now. They're only going to be listening because they know you from Trailer Park Boys. Some of them probably watched you live. Tell us what your live show is because you do do a character live. I, I'm Sam Losco for the show, 100%. How, and, you can, and you hold it down and you do the whole thing? 100% of the entire show until the very end. When, uh, do you bring up dirty clothes if, and everything? Do you have like some nasty... I have up? my outfit. <laughs> I have my outfit. Let's just put it this way. When, when we finish the hot dog eating contest that the contestants are not allowed to use their hands. Oh my God, that's hilarious. I, I like to use my shirt to wipe their faces and Dude, clean Dude, I know, man. Them. Dude, caveman's no joke, man. Caveman's a dirty character, so it's so much fun. And they expect it. Doesn't mean it's not washed every time. You did and a show a few years ago. I just man. make it look bad. I, uh, and you had some stand-up comics open up, so a bunch of my friends went out and they were. And I asked them, I was like, "What was the show like?" And they're like, "Man, it was almost as perfect as a, per- a character can be from a show to a live show." People don't do characters live. I've seen. Uh, well, whatever. I'm not gonna diss people on the show, but 
Sometimes it's tough. How do you do that? How do you how do you transfer your on-screen personality? Because you're not Sam Lasko. No. I know you. You are. I, I see your Facebook. I see what you share. I see what you stand up for. You're not Sam Lasko. You're a real chill kind of pothead, funny, laughing. I want to tell some jokes. I want to, you know. Uh, how do you transfer that? It's easy. It's the the energy that I get. Yeah. From them enjoying what I'm doing. Yes, of course. It also makes my mind go a mile a minute. The show you're talking about. Here, here's an example of yeah. something that just happened. That uh, it was. I think the one I probably the one I did in Toronto. At it was the, the Toronto the comedy show. club. That's I, right. I fucking hated it. No, know? did you? I I fucking hated it. Oh, but they I always loved it. My, the audience loved it. It doesn't matter because <laughs> no, it was it was a horrible show, and I'll tell you why. I can't operate on a fucking three foot stage. It was a small stage. I can't operate on that. That's the first thing. Second thing, the sound system didn't work. Why? What happened? It was it just, just it was bullshit. It was me holding them holding a microphone to uh the speaker or something to that it just fucking blew blew chunks yeah yeah, yeah. but i have a loud voice so i can i don't even need the microphone man people don't know how truth. important that is to a live show but uh, shitty audio will ruin and, everything and because the thing was so small like i said i do a hot dog eating contest yeah yeah and my probably my most fun moment was in that club in that show that night um no that was the second fun because there's one that's way better and <laughs> it's, it involves shane king oh uh, great man um, legend the, the couple at the very front, because you know what, those yuck yucks and that, they have yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. tables right in front of you. So like, dude, a foot away. And I walk around. I walk around when I sing. I walk through the crowd. Anyway, uh, they had onion rings. And I said, okay, fuck this noise. This is taking way too long. Drop your pants. We're having a fucking ring toss. No way. And I turned toward them, and it was, it was the most fun. And when I totally let loose, that was one of my fo- most fun spontaneous jokes. Man, see, letting loose on stage must be tough in character because it's you, you got to make a joke in character. Man, how did you go from being a normal person every day, just living your life, to being able to find yourself as a character on TV? Did they ask you to be Sam Lasko, or did they just be like, dude, you got to be this caveman dude? He's like a dirty kind of... They presented the scripts. Yeah, yeah. I interpreted what they were doing, and then I thought, what would be funny? And they let you run with it. Well, I follow the scripts. I do exactly what they're saying. Of course. And then I say... I, they, they they say make it your own is yeah, what they yeah, say yeah 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 so follow the idea follow Dude, they the storyline so many people on the show yeah man. and they let us and then I can use fuck when I think stories? it sounds good do you have like some like do you have days that do you have anything that you remember from the show or any memories from the fans or you, like something that's truly related to Trailer Park Boys that always sticks out in your head that you're like man thank god I was part of the show because of this no one specific thing, man. I know because it's, it's. I I understand. Why I wish I was saying. younger. Oh, cool. You know, that's funny. I wish I was younger. That's a then real I could thing. Really, I have enough that if I wanted to, if I didn't have to save for my retirement because I was younger, yeah, then I could put it all in the Winnebago and, just go and party. Go, go for a tour across the states. Oh man, and do my own shows and have my own gate. How great! Try and hire someone through Facebook, of course, because I have fans. All over North America, buddy, in it's Europe, insane. And see if I could get a couple guys together in any town and say, do a promo here, talk to a bar, tell them I'll only work for the door, and uh, you guys promote it for me, and we'll do the after party at one of your guys' places. So That's man, how I want to do it. And what, then just, a, what a great life, man! I get what you're saying. You wish you were younger. Yeah, at least you got it. Some people, but that's why, not because oh, I want to live forever. Because I wish I could do that. Party. And I was thinking of doing that as a retirement job. <laughs> as well 
But now I want to try and open, I have a vape store and I want to try and make it a dispensary. Oh, the best. Which would be my dream retirement job. Of course, Owning man. my own dispensary right there at Queen and Bathurst. Oh, 607 yeah. Queen Street West. Yo, check it out, man. No, give it to the people. <laughs> I want them to go. Make yeah. sure to go to Sam's Vape Shop, man. What's the address? It's 607 Queen Street West, just east of Bathurst on Queen Street. What's and it's the name? called CTE Vapes. And Think of it as... Cave time e-juice. Nice, pretty. <laughs> Wait, man, and and you're you are a supporter of weed. Obviously, if they want to watch the video of this, they can. Yeah. We're, we're, I we can't sell getting... weed, but I do sell weed accessories. Of course, man. And I will always smoke a joint with a customer. Of course. After a sale, man. COVID uh, be gone, <laughs> man. Listen, I was gonna ask you something. Do people always offer you weed because they know that you're uh, a weed head? As I said to you, so this is a, a sample. Um, Big Trailer Park Boy fan came into the store. He goes, oh, my God, I can't believe you own a vape shop. He didn't know that you owned it? He just walked in? He just walked in off the street. Most of them don't know. Uh, came back a little while later and brought me uh, two grams of a weed called Pink Pussy. No, yeah? <laughs> and this vape Let's pen. try it. Let's spark that thing. And this vape Okay, pen. wait. And I said, who's this for? He goes, I can't tell you. It's not a legal dispensary. <laughs> I got I to gotta ask you. So I can't advertise This it. guy came in. He's just walking around the store. Yeah. He walks up. He sees you. You're working behind the counter. You're just chilling out at your store, doing your thing. Uh -huh. And this fucking guy starts talking to you. And he, Does he realize that you're caveman? Does he look at you and be like, dude, are you? Yeah, it's kind of funny. Because you don't look like Sam Lasko anymore. It's it the is voice. the voice. Because you, you voice. I'm not going to lie, bro. You kind of got like a retired George Carlin look going nowadays. <laughs> but Sam Lasko's kind of a hard ass on the show, dude. I may be uh, doing a, a Facebook survey on whether or not to keep this beard. Keep it. Sadly, my kids, all three kids like it. And so does my girlfriend. You got three kids. You Did you have three kids before you became an actor? Mm. So all your kids got to see you get a break in acting holy shit so is that as satisfying as anything else in the world well it will be i'm getting married on august 22nd oh you're the fucking man so what i want to do since all my relatives are coming from out of town and my kids are going to be in town i'm going to probably rent a local hall mm -hmm. and uh and do my performance i'm going to do it myself i'm going to just rent the hall yeah so all my family can come and watch me my kids can watch me on stage and see what a degenerate i am yeah but that's a lot of fun man <laughs> That was your, uh, that was, man. I want to perform for my family. So you, far You only, haven't had the chance, eh? Well, my brother came to watch me when I was in Calgary and brought his daughter, but his other daughter didn't get a chance. His wife oh, never came. Oh, man. Your brother lives in Calgary <laughs> and he came out to watch your show. When I was in Calgary, yeah. And he got to see all the fans and everybody because those people are coming out for you. They're Trailer Park Boy fans. They want to come watch the characters live. Never as many as you want. Never, never. But I don't care if there's seven people in the audience. I always do my best show. Uh, buddy, that's all... Uh, that is one of the secrets of live entertainment is that truly the show goes on no matter what, man. Here, let me give this back to you. Got it's all. just way more fun if there's more people there. I mean, I sell a uh, 30 to 40 minute show, yeah. but I've been on for an hour and a half with a big crowd before. Of course, man. <laughs> Having a time. They don't care. They, they, don't, they, they, they get their I just their made shit up as I was going along. Man, you know, starting off in comedy is uh, the seven show thing is all you get. It's all you get when you start off in comedy. You don't even get anything more. You don't, you, and you, it, but, but the dream is the more. So, like, yeah, that's why you deliver when you get those big audiences, is because you get to do the seven people audiences. If you only got big audiences, you wouldn't know how to perform to the seven people. But because you get to perform to seven, 14, 20, 30. The last show I did was so much fun. <laughs> 
Where what city was I it? I missed in? it. It was in uh, Cambridge. Oh, great place to perform. At the Rhythm and Brews. Yeah. Have you been there? He does no, comedy no. there all the time. Super, I haven't been. Super guy, super nice facility, holds about 100 people. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And he does comedy there on the weekends. And he has a kitchen? Uh, well, it? no, no. There's a Portuguese kitchen right next door. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know this spot, man. <laughs> Somebody told me about this spot. I'm pretty yeah. sure I know. Man, okay. What's your favorite show ever? Favorite town that you performed in in your favorite show? Something that sticks out. It's usually a shitty small town, too. No. It was in Jasper. Wow. See, that's a beautiful place. We weren't supposed to even perform. We had a down day. Yeah, yeah. And we performed for hotel rooms. No way. In the hotel. And we got fucking sweets. Like, Come on. Like, I'm talking jacuzzi in our own place. Uh, two bedrooms. Kitchen, living room. Gigantic. Those are gigantic sick. and it was all ad hoc they cool. had no stage no way. i performed on the floor in front of everybody but i do that a lot I in mean, character full character oh yeah yeah for the whole show uh i did a oh, what's it called i did a festival uh down in um uh just outside of philadelphia last year i, I can't think of because i'm really stoned he has really good weed so I'll think of it later. That probably. weed's fucked, man. I know. So I was Keith on this Cannon. big stage that was six feet above everybody, and it was all muddy down in the field where they were. What? And I wound up jumping off the stage. Come on. And doing the show on in the mud with everybody else. See, but that's the kind of shit people will never forget. But it was fun. But that's because I like to interact with my crowd. My show is totally interactive. You don't have to be part of the you show. You should be that. You don't have to be part of the show, but there's a lot of audience They'll remember that for the rest of their lives. Hey, man, yeah, you like Trailer Park Boys, buddy? We went to go watch uh, Sam Lasko. One time, guy came down. Yeah, there was people eating hot dogs. Some guy puked. Uh, one guy shit his pants. Dude, that kind of shit makes me so fucking happy. Man, what are we smoking, man? What was that? Is that the pink pussy? <laughs> I don't know what it's called. It's good, though. It's got a nice flavor. You want some more? No, man. We'll roll up more weed. Or maybe not. I don't even know, man. So, yeah, the more I smoke, the more I talk. So you have to tell me how long you want me to be here. <laughs> we keep talking. That's I got the... no limit. Cool. I got no place to go. Tasha, you all right? She's gone. Oh, she's yeah, on the balcony. Yeah. That's so funny. She's just gone, dude. She, <laughs> she left, man. Yeah. I thought she'd try and listen. but So where do I get to watch this, by the way? We're going to release it soon. Everybody listening, make sure to check out this episode and every other episode that we record. With uh, all of our guests, man. <laughs> Sam, you're baked, man. This is the best. I, I hope everybody watching right now. See, this is the kind of shit that people love, man. I'm baked right now with Caveman Sam. This is my natural state, though, for the most part. This is him after work from his vape shop that he owns in downtown Toronto. We got all high. People would... Did, did you... Does Ricky get high outside of like work? Or outside as a character? Does he get high as a normal person? Everybody smokes. Everybody smokes. No. Does Bubble smoke? Everybody smokes. Yeah, <laughs> man. Who, I know they cut out cigarettes. Do Do you have uh, a favorite person outside of Ricky on the show that you loved? Outside of Ricky? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm sure because Ricky gave you your start, but I'm sure there's somebody else on the show. That's that you not why with. he's my favorite. No, no. <laughs> I don't even know. That's not why he's my favorite. He's... Who, who's your favorite? Him. Him, but he's your favorite for what reason? He'll always return my call within a reasonable amount of time if I yeah, call. Yeah. If I contact him, he he has the respect to even just text me right back and say I'm busy right now. I'll call I'm you. busy. I'll call, I'll call you in a little bit. But he always calls me back. You got to respect that. What's he like in real life? He's super soft, super nice. Yeah. Super sweet. 
Rob Wells. He's a super, super, super nice guy. You met him as Rob Wells. Yep. And he was a really nice guy then, too. Was he really? I was about to ask you, what the fuck was he like when he was a... What did he do with sparkling water? Uh, so, so, he, he, he? he drove the truck to the like the food cities. What did he look like? Did He, he didn't have the look. He didn't have the Ricky look. He must have looked like more of a normal person. He had person. the high hair because... Did he, he have the high he hair? Was, well, he was filming Trailer Park Boys because that's when it started. Shut up, right? man. No way. It was just before it started. When so we, this guy was... the So people... In the Halifax area, early on in their in their career, got water delivered to them by Ricky for real in real life. There are people out there yeah. who, when they watch Trailer Park Boys with their family, like, buddy, I used to get water from Ricky. You don't even know this guy used to come drop off the water for us over yeah. here. And he used to knock on doors on weekends because we would do uh, neighborhood rushes to try and get people to rent water coolers. Of course. And then we would make... Uh, we make, we make like 25, 30 bucks for every cooler we set up. He should have done that after he became famous. People would have signed up for water all day. We did that uh, for the company. It was always a, a who, who else do you like on the show? Obviously, I, Ricky, is there anybody else you can uh, you can think of during your time that you enjoyed? And they're anybody all, that you didn't enjoy? Nice. No, no one. There's no one's company I don't enjoy from the show. Jonathan Torrin's cool. I wish I knew him better. Yeah, fuck yeah. He's he. I think he's absolutely hilarious i know right? i think jamie kennedy stole malibu's most wanted off of j-rock wow that's what i think wait wait that's wait what I, think. I want that controversial take because trailer park boys came out years before malibu's most wanted and j-rock was already a, a, the funniest he white was the dude guy. He, he was, was the guy he's he's malibu's most wanted there's memes anytime you see a white guy meme and it's like a funny like wankster guy it's it's jonathan it's it, it, that guy's a legend man he Here's here's Jonathan Torrance. Yeah, yeah. Real life. We're at the Gemini Awards. Oh, cool. We're <laughs> we're walking down the the walkway on the carpet. Yeah. There's a bunch of people around. And he looks at me and he goes, It's not real. <laughs> and I look at him and then he does a prat ball. He pretends to fall and throw his drink in the air no and, and way. tumble. And tumble. Dude, how fucking funny, man. <laughs> Just because he felt like it. Just because he felt and like And he has so much confidence. He's like, they'll love it. The people are going to Just because he felt like it. Just because he felt like Jonathan it. Jonathan Torrance, man. He's a genius. Jonathan Torrance should run for government because he's also very, very smart. And he's well-liked. And he's such a roundabout, uh, normal, middle-of-the-road guy. Is that what he's like in real life? Open-minded, open-hearted. That guy's been in Canadian entertainment since he was like a kid. Let me tell you a Jonathan Torrance story. So, yeah. Um, Italian guy, my I was working at Minax Worldwide as a, a team leader. What is Minax? Uh, it's a call center. <laughs> Selling credit cards. Anyway, I'm working there as a, a team leader, and I hire, I get one of my guys, my my in charge, my yeah, second yeah, in command, yeah. a job as the a driver okay. for Trailer Park Boys. Oh, what? That's hilarious, right? man. For the set. That's it was nice. the first year of it. Still a great job. Yeah, for anybody really who's nice. got a normal job, working great on job. set. Great job. Driving, the best. Picking people up, dropping people off. Great job. So he's, uh, I didn't know this. I found out later. So he's driving Jonathan Torrance to his hotel room. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I guess the checks were delayed. It was our first year. And the checks were delayed. And he was saying, oh, fuck, I got all these bills. Jonathan Torrance threw him 200 bucks. And he said, no, 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 just keep it. Just keep it, no worries. Just keep it. Jonathan Torres is an OG like that. He's the guy who started the whole, let's use our air miles yeah. for bringing the people for the, um, what did he donate that to? Fuck. Donate the air miles to what? He was donating, oh man. To bring people in somewhere? No, yeah, the people that were that couldn't work. No, wait a second, what was it? 
Ah, just look, he does a lot of philanthropical shit like that. That's really I nice. I can't think of it right now. Again, I'm very high. Between, well, yeah, we, we smoke my two oils, cannons, I know. Between my oils, my weed, and my uh, vaporizer here. Uh, the only thing I didn't touch on was the shatter. The shatter. We don't <laughs> even need, need it. it. We're already I wrecked. Need I don't need it. No, we'll wrap this I shit up. I can't think of it. We'll but, wrap it up soon. But don't he's even a, worry. He's, a, he's a, real, a real nice guy, and he's really, really smart. Corey Bowles. Corey, another... Corey used to come by my Stoner Sunday show. I used to host it, and he was trying to do stand-up for a little bit. And somebody had introduced us, and he used to come by the show all the fucking time. He was really nice, too. Very, very nice guy. Very, very huge heart. Smart uh, guy. He used to work for... He used, you know he's a professor at McGill. He taught dance. Is that what he is? He did he's that so for a while. smart. When he you'd meet that. him, you're like, man, he's where do you get this fucking... He's a director. He's an actor. He's a writer. He's, a, he's everything, man. Corey Bowles is the shit. A lot of real names on the show. Uh, what else? What, what, what else? Who, who? Anybody else? Did you ever get to work uh, much with Leahy and? Uh, Leahy was a gem. Yeah. Leahy, here's Leahy. I'm bouncing in front of a bar. Leahy drives up. He sees me standing there because I was always at the front door. This is in Halifax. It's a slow night. <laughs> he un- opens up his trunk, grabs a scab- Scrabble board, comes yeah. over, sets it up in front of the table so I can still check IDs no and way. play Scrabble with him. And, he, oh, and we come sit on. there and play Scrabble for an hour. That's a great Leahy story. What kind of fucking Leahy story is that, you fucker? Holy True story. shit. Whenever we were on set together, we always played chess or Scrabble. That's the kind of guy he was. When I beat him for the first game, chess, <laughs> the first time we played chess, I beat him. And he goes, to be honest, Sam, I didn't think you'd know how to play. <laughs> and I go, I've been getting, I said, I've been getting, he's big, so he must be stupid my whole life. Don't worry about it. Oh, that's so funny, man. Don't worry about it, I said. Sam, man, that's so fucking funny. Because people think because you're a jock or because you're a big guy and because you can handle yourself and you can take care of your own shit that you're also stupid. I cannot no, believe No, because we that. don't get hit in the head that often. Dude, so many great <laughs> stories. Okay, wait, man. I, I'm sorry, man. I'm just going to give it... This is all just for the audience because I, I, I can ask you this personally whenever, but I, I know the audience would love to know. Okay, there's a good Leahy story, a good Jonathan Torres story, you got a good Ricky story. You got two good Ricky stories in there. Man, uh, Randy worked with you. That's funny. That's fucked. Randy worked. What well, Randy was a normal Randy at work too. He was just kind of that dude. No, he was a straight laced dude, man. Straight laced dude. But we'd be smoking joints after work. Shut the fuck up. Oh, That's absolutely. what I was gonna try to poke but around he was to. What he was like, none of us. None of us got high when we were working. You just, after work, bro. That's it. I smoke a joint on the way to work and a smoke on my way home from work. And nobody knew. You're just doing. You're living your life. As a young professional. Well, the joint on my way to work always kept me nice and calm in the morning, not to panic once I realized what all the emergencies were. Wow, and so I could prioritize all my work, and it just kept me nice and calm. The joint at the end of the day was, whew, another one done. You're the man, dude. But I've never had a job very long that I didn't love. And, oh, if, and as soon as I stopped loving it, yeah. then I just went and found something else. But I always found the next job before I finished this job. I never got the chance to do that in life. I'm not even going to lie. I'm one of those comics. I got very lucky at high school. I already knew that I wanted to be a comedian. And I swear to God, I just messaged a guy, a guy, a comedian by the name of John Steinberg. Do you know who John Steinberg is? He's a comic in Toronto. I found him on YouTube. And I just asked him, hey, how do you do comedy? And he was like, go to these open mics and you'll get started. And that's it, bro. I just, I never let go. I want you to know, Sam, today learning that you didn't get to act till 44 just changed my whole perspective on when it's okay to make it. Do you know when I started doing stand-up? I can no. tell you. Matt Almeida, you know Matt? I love Matt Almeida. Matt Almeida calls me out of the blue. That's funny. He's he a good says, booker. He, he wants to do he, stuff. He says, is this Sam Tarasco? And I go, yeah. He goes, do you play Sam Lasco in Trailer Park Boys? Yeah. And I go, yeah. 
And he goes, do you do stand-up? And I go, sure. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. And he says, yeah. Then he says, what's the deal? So I go, oh, it's going to cost this much money. Sure. Plus uh, flight, hotel, yeah. and a small rider. Where's the show? Toronto. I go, well, you just say flight and hotel. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, I live in Toronto. So, so, Good. so it's going to cost you this much money. And, and this is my rider. And, and I don't drink, so my rider is water. Yeah. But I use alcohol in my show. Yeah, so yeah. So that's part of the ride. Give me like, right? a, you know, give me a bottle of whiskey or whatever the fuck. Sure. So he goes, okay, how long do you perform? I've never done a show. And I go, 45 minutes. Wow. <laughs> he goes, oh, sounds great. <laughs> sounds great. And I waited. And I didn't do a fucking thing. Didn't do a fucking thing. I kept going, okay, I can do this. I can do this. Oh, sorry. I got, there's a pre-up to this. Here's the pre-up to That's this. That's why. This is when I realized, this is, I knew I could do it, and this is why I knew I could do it. Before that, I was doing my high fucker show for SwearNet. Okay. And I was trying, and I wasn't, nobody was getting paid. Amy, my producer, my director, nobody was getting paid. Of course. And I wanted to pay them something. I wanted yeah, to give yeah, them something yeah, for Christmas. Yeah. So the Trailer Park Boys were coming to Ontario to do a tour. Nice. So there were six of them that were within an hour to three hours of Toronto. Those are great. And I said, hey, guys, I want to pay my crew. Can I go to the shows and sell T-shirts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they go, well, you know, you can't. And I go, no, no, I don't want to go inside. I want to be San Losco. I want to sell them in the parking lot in front of the building. That's so funny. Not, not inside. And they go, sure, why not? Sure, Sam. So I did. That's so fucking funny, Sam. So what I would do is oh I would go into God. the show, and at the intermission, I would go out to the smoking area yeah. that, with everyone having a smoke, and just for the fuck of it, I'd try and entertain everybody for half an hour. But that's amazing. And it just, with, just with the people I had, making fun of people, and then coming on to them. That's really Always with the funny. guys. Always come on to the guys, never come on to the girls. It's really easy. That's really The funny. guys appreciate it. Always yeah. touch the guys, never touch the girls. Of course. Because they don't mind. They enjoy and it. And the girls get in on the joke without feeling uncomfortable. Amazing. You know? The little... I'm not gay, my boyfriend a, is. A little... You that's know? really that funny. That kind of thing. That's really funny, though. Right? People... So, <laughs> I did. I tried to entertain everybody for half an hour. And I did. I kept everybody's attention, everybody's eyes on me for a, you ever sell the a entire smoke break. I sold lots of t-shirts, enough that I could pay everybody. What was on the shirt? Sam Lasco, Caveman is on there? It's cave time. No way, dude. When I printed it, it's just a picture of me pointing. Yeah. Saying, and underneath it says, it's cave time. When I gave them the shirts to print, they had all this perfect block print. I go, what the fuck is that? I go, make it look like I made it in my garage. Yeah, it has to look So shit. then they changed the print so it was thin. And, but the shirt's beautiful. And uh, yeah, people bought them. They loved them. That's amazing. And I sold them in character. What the fuck you want to go inside there for? They're going to charge you 50 bucks, maybe 60 bucks. Get this one here. 20 bucks, man. Come on. Come on. It looks so good on you. Right? That's... And then I would just start ad-libbing. I'd go, And, and these hey. are the people going to the Trailer Park Boy show. They're going so to the they Trailer Park Boy show. So they know who I am. So there'd be a guy coming with his girlfriend and going, hey, you want to get laid tonight? Wear this when you go to bed. Look at her. Look at her. She's drooling already. Come on. Dude, 20 so... bucks, man. 20 bucks. Stuff Imagine like how that. exciting that is for them. They're like, oh my God. Dude, that's Sam. So Gaiman. everyone thought right it was here. part of the show. Of course they did. That is part of the show. Just because you're not on the phone. It was greasy. It was the greasiest thing I could think to do. And I paid everybody, everybody got money that Christmas. But you are greasy. And then that's they the and then swear hey, and then Swearnet started paying us for doing the show. So Swearnet, they were they were Swearnet, awesome. Swearnet, Swearnet was around, awesome. Man. I don't even they know if they're awesome. still around. They certainly are. Are they? And they're still doing stuff. And Swearnet they, is they, the uh, side now, project of the They never not boys. paid me because they didn't want to pay me i never startup. asked for it no i never asked for any pay you just didn't i did it, all right? the shows for free to show them that i was worthwhile to have as a show 
But there's nothing so, wrong with that. So I did it for free. Listen, as man. soon as I said I, we'd like to get paid, they were fucking right there, and there was hardly any negotiating. They they gave a price. I go, oh, that's more than fair. Yeah, yeah, you're like <laughs> so, sure. So yeah, so we did it. So the the relationship with I Sweat want you to know, was man. wonderful. Anytime you want to get in entertainment, anybody listening to this, you're probably gonna have to do some free stuff, and it's okay. Uh, as a comedian, I do open mics for years for free without ever getting a dollar. Man, one of the people in this room right now is one of the first people to ever pay me for comedy ever. Okay, it's my it's one of the producers of the show for Christ's sake, and uh, it's crazy, man. You the, the way life works, Sam. We're gonna wrap up, okay? No worries, because I, I you and I are ripped right now, and I want you to know that this conversation can only get. I mean, they're gonna keep asking you questions about other fucking weird people that I liked from the show, but I don't even care. Thank Everyone you for coming. Everyone on com- the show, is, I know, was I've wonderful. met so many of them individually, and they've all been nice. Man, nobody, it's a Canadian show, hardly any, probably the worst person on the show was one of the directors. <laughs> no, I had the pleasure of being directed by J-Rock. Oh, did you I actually? I had the pleasure of being directed by Come Mr. On. Mr. Leahy. Uh, yeah, well, see, that's the thing is they gave an opportunity to all these guys to get some directorial How work. fun was that, man? Because it's all family, because they J-Rock. have a vision. They know what the show is. Yeah, so of course. So J-Rock directed, he, he directed me in... Uh, when I was the uh, the Sam Squanch, and they me in the no way. He was the director for Sam that. Sam Squanch, dude, that's like what? Okay, all right, chill. Time, quick, before we get out of here. Wait, Jonathan Torrance, J Rock. He's your director in that scene. He's the one who calls out action. He's the one standing on the other side. Yep. Wow, man, what a cool little timbit. Sammy, man, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having fun with us. I know that I, I asked you just only a few days ago and you said yes, and I can't thank you enough. I hope everybody who's listening to this fucking show got a cool little insight on what, uh, on some of the other side and the real you. I mean, uh, is it the real me though? No, it's like this special middle ground. <laughs> I'm whatever the situation needs me to be. And you were perfect today, my man. Thank you, Sammy. You're the My best, pleasure. man. Sam Lasco, Sam Tarasco, call him whatever you want, guys. That's been the sesh. Uh oh, back into the city. <laughs> oh, let me get a photo of you guys. I'm, I'm ripped. I gotta, like, 